You are listening to The Forecast, Season 1, Episode 22. <laughs> Lalana. Origi. Lucas. On towards Emre Can with the overhead. Oh, it's an astonishing goal. Absolutely brilliant from Emre Can. You simply won't see a bigger stunner than that. Magnificent goal. Well, we're talking about Adam Lalana's effort and well, had that gone in, it would be a contender for goal of the season. This has got to be right up there with Emre Jan's effort. What a fantastic volley. The ball comes in, I'm thinking, go on, on you go, just go and head it. But how he stretches and manoeuvres his body, that's unbelievable. Gomez has absolutely no chance whatsoever. It's absolutely inch perfect into more or less the top corner. Wonderful, wonderful strike from the German. Can be very proud of that effort. And that's a wonderful time for Liverpool to get the, the goal. Surely we'll take a minute and a half time interval with a 1-0 lead. Emery, how big a performance, a bigger three points could that be for the season? Massive three points today. Of course, we knew before the game what happened yesterday with the other results, and uh, today it was a big, big step for us. And uh, but we have still three games, and uh, they will be very difficult. But uh, I think we have to go with confidence in the games, and uh, the good thing is that we have all in our hands. Talk me through the goal then. It was quite special. When did you decide to do what you did? I didn't think too much, to be honest. I didn't think too much about came great ball from Lucas, and then. I just did it and happy with the ball went on. What goes through your head at that moment when you see it dropping over your shoulder? Do you think just gamble, take the risk? I think I couldn't do anything else there, you know, because the ball was a little bit behind me and I couldn't head up maybe the ball and I, I just didn't think too much and then I scored and <laughs> I think I will never score again. No, but uh, of course it was was a special goal but I'm very happy that we got the three points it was the most important today yeah, a great goal great celebration afterwards as well in front of the manager in front of the dugout was that as good a goal as you've ever scored? yeah it was the best goal that I ever scored I think I just scored the goal when I was younger when I was 15 or 14 I think but it was it was unbelievable goal yeah Welcome to The Forecast, episode number 22. The Forecast is the official podcast of Four. Uh, if you haven't already visited our website, we are at www.foresite, that's F-O-A-R-S-I-T-E.com. It's a great community of reds, uh, full of articles, opinions, comments. Um, if this is the first time that you're listening to our podcast, uh, The Forecast, uh, welcome. Hope you enjoy the show. We have a lot of things to talk about uh, today. Um, and uh, it, this will obviously uh, get posted on our website. But uh, you can also hear us on iTunes 
uh, Google Play Music and a whole host of uh, podcasting uh, avenues. Um, guys, welcome on the show. Uh, my name is Joe and today I have on the line uh, Vez. He's from Serbia. Say hi, Vez. Hi, Vez. <laughs> Eric, he <laughs> is from, unfortunately, he's from Holland. Say hi, Eric. <laughs> hi. Uh, Christian, who's from Germany. Say hi, Christian. Hi, Christian. <laughs> uh, Keith is from South Africa. Hey, guys. Via, via St. Helens. <laughs> uh, Jason, he's uh, based in uh, Bristol. Am I right? That's right. Hi, Jay. Hi there. And Will, you're from outer space or something. I am from England, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for joining me again. So after, after Brexit, that's, that's basically outer space, right? It might as well be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel for you guys. Right. Uh, so it, um, it, was an, it was a very good lead-up um, to Monday night's game. Okay. Um, and uh, against Watford, a uh, good series of uh, results um, uh, that uh, went our way uh, with both uh, Manchester City as well as Manchester United uh, drawing uh, against uh, Middlesbrough and Swansea, uh, respectively, as well as Spurs uh, beating Arsenal. Um, the scene was all set for us to do our bit um, against Watford. It wasn't um, that... Uh, We'll say an easy game uh, wasn't very particularly pleasing on the eye, except for that one spectacular moment where Emre Chan score, scored a worldie. Um, how did you guys see this game? And uh, we we really held up our end of the of the bargain, didn't we? Uh, Vez, go. Well, uh, I thought it was a poor game overall. When you look at it, the the full ninety minutes from both teams, uh, I think Liverpool were, weren't really up to their their top level standards, and Watford were like a League Two side for most of the game. Uh, the game the game wasn't uh, nearly attractive. It, it was poor, quite poor. Okay. Uh, any other views, Keith? Well, I think uh, Eric must be really pleased that Lucas was the defining moment with that pass to Chan. If it wasn't for Lucas, <laughs> then uh, obviously we wouldn't have won. No, it was, as, as I said earlier, um, I was just about to type on the, on the match centre that what a crap game and we were so pedestrian so slow until that magic moment when we scored then it was all forgotten in the excitement and i was just happy we took the three points i think we're going to see a lot of these games from all top six contesters for those for those uh, those european spots it's going to be scrappy it's going to be ugly you've got teams fighting for relegation you've got the the tension is palpable uh, to try and get into the Champions League spot. And it's, it's not about how pretty you play, how effective you play. It's about getting the results. And so I think we'll give the lads a, a sort of a hall pass on, on the manor uh, because they, they won and they brought back three points. And we're in sort of prime position to, get, uh, to, to qualify for the Champions League. So I think that's the only important thing. And I wouldn't overanalyze it too much. Yeah, um, I'm going to put my hand up and say that I didn't watch this game. I missed it. 
Um, looks like I didn't miss much. I did watch it after, um, just earlier today, actually. Um, found myself dozing off in large stretches of the game, except when the goal itself came. I'm like, okay, wow, I didn't expect that. Um, uh, Christian, how did you see? How did you see this game? Well, I was. Um, uh, it, as Ves, in fact, has described everything uh, properly already <laughs> with a very few words, just poor. Um, but when we say poor, I mean it's it's about um, comparing our expectations with the with the actual game, and um, I, it, it seems to me that that uh, Klopp has has ordered the team to to save energy, and to uh, to keep the energy for a few good moments um, where opportunities are to 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 put balls through and and uh, yeah take a few chances or one or few a few chances to just somehow get over the line and. Um, there is a, a, a distinct lack of movement, but in this game, as uh, as much as in the the games before, as soon as Liverpool increased the tempo, all of a sudden we were dangerous, and then all of a sudden things looked very very good, very well, and um, we looked all of a sudden also a threat, um, and with Lalana's um, Lalana hitting the bar two minutes before the goal, I mean that was already a result of that. Mm-hmm. And um, and then this goal. I mean, it left me looking like exactly the Watford, the Watford yeah. supporters behind the goal like, with an open mouth. <laughs> what was that? Fantastic. Yeah. And um, okay. but everything else. Yeah. Very slow. Yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah. It really at this stage is really isn't about the the the, the performance so much, but just uh, getting the right result. And uh, it it was a. It was the right result, uh, especially. If you look at it, from, yeah. If you look at it from only from Liverpool's side, then yes, like Keith said, there's no need to overanalyze stuff. Uh, we all realize why, why Liverpool played like they did, uh, but Watford, wow, that was some appalling football. I mean, they, <laughs> they looked, they looked like they have a game plan. They they, they have had been given proper instructions by their manager, but their players just lacked the quality. The, the ball kept bouncing off the, off their legs without control. They couldn't pass, they couldn't shoot, they couldn't do anything properly. Mm-hmm. It was really awful from them, awful. Um, Will, how did you see the, the game, as, uh, particularly with view to um, our players' performances? I think the thing that we have to remember with that game was the fact that, obviously, it's at this stage in the season now where our squad is pretty tired because, as we've said a lot on podcasts beforehand and all Liverpool fans are saying, we do need strengthen in summer. And not only is the squad quite tired from what has ended up being quite a long season, um, there's been quite a few injuries as well and we are a little bit thin on the ground. You know, you only have to look at our bench and the kind of people we've got as options from the substitutes bench. Notice that Liverpool squad has become quite depleted at this stage and I think maybe because Klopp doesn't moan about it quite as much as Mourinho does. It doesn't really get publicised as much in the papers or anything. But really? Klopp think... doesn't moan as much as Mourinho? <laughs> yeah, it's surprising, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, jeez, I would never have thought that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's really all we can really ask for of the team at this stage is to simply get three points because we're not going to be putting in performances like we were earlier on in the season when we were blowing teams away. The best we can do is simply get the win and carry on pushing for Champions League football and to see the squad actually do that with relative ease. You know, obviously, like we were saying, Watford made it pretty easy for us because they didn't exactly give it a go for 
the first 85 minutes of the game, I think. But to get those three points with the situation we're in, you know, I'm happy however we do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric, how did you see the, the players doing? Who was your, who were your top men? Lucas. Um, well, I thought <laughs> Lucas had, uh, had a decent game going forward. Thought defensively he wasn't, uh, it wasn't what I thought he would be. Um, I said before the game, uh, thinking in WhatsApp group, um, I, I mentioned that I thought it was logical to, to play Lucas because he would shield all the second balls from uh, from Dini. It's it's a tactic Klopp's been using quite a bit. Um, uh, if 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 they play with like the tall lone striker who fights for the, f- yeah for long balls, it's it's always about as, as you call it the fight for second balls, and he uses Luke a lot in 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 those situations. Um, he didn't do that all that much. Um, I thought at, at times uh, during the game, I thought <clears throat> Luke played really high. The three in the midfield were a pretty flat three. So, um, but um, well, he gave a brilliant assist, and um, that that made the game the goal all the better. That and that beautifully, yeah, weighted pass and, and the way that, that Chan hits hits it. Uh, was brilliant but uh, Chan was not only man of the match because of, of what he did for the goal uh, winning us the game but um, he had a, a shot beforehand I thought he was one of the most dangerous players um, but you know there was a bit of a fight in the early games it, it showed that, um, that they really wanted to to, to put the hurt on us the way uh, Pirtle goes in for um, uh to really hurt Coutinho, show what their intention was. Yep. Um, so, um, when Alden was was very very timid. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't know why. Uh, I don't like the he's shit at away games because I don't think he was shit. Just thought he was. It, uh, it, yeah, but it's it's kind of true, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's hard to dispute that. Right? It's hard to dispute that now. Well, I thought it was a one-off. I've, I've seen him play. No, very, not very really. Good away not, from not home really. as well. Is, is, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought he was. Uh, thought he was excellent against uh, West Brom and. Um, no, but generally uh, speaking, away from home, he hasn't really been that great, right? Well, he hasn't been scoring goals, but I thought, especially against Stoke and, and, and West Brom, I thought he and Emery Chan really fought his way, fought their way. Thought he was excellent in the first game against Arsenal. Those are just games just plucking out of the air now. I'd have to, to check my player ratings. <laughs> but um, <laughs> misleading. It has often been said that that uh, Genie disappears in away games, but in fact, when Genie disappears, most of the others disappear as well. Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah. and from, from my, I personally feel that that uh, Genie needs a certain tem- minimum tempo. Yeah, to get to life, and he's a very. I think that re- I think that also applies yeah, to he, a lot of the people, Christian, as well. Like Origi and all of them, we all say, "Oh, yeah. they had a bad game," but the service is not there. The team's not playing well around. They tend, they, you know, the whole team seems to suffer when we don't have that rhythm. We got to forget we we we, we missed Coutinho. We're missing Mane, Henderson. We a lot of dynamic ball players. Uh, that aren't there towards the end of a long season with the tension and the pressure. 
Yeah, yeah. and Lalana not yeah. there. So, so you know, I our creativity. Was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sorry, the way he kept Sorry. going as well. The whole day, the whole game, he kept going. It was. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. After after an hour, you could see he was he was he was knackered, but kept, yeah. kept going, kept doing the important things. I think he should score though, but um, yeah, when he's uh, when he's through and goal, he, sh- he should at least. I, I guess it's just that um, a slight make the keeper work for it. Um, yeah. Talking about the keeper, I thought Simon was uh, was very very good, absolutely yes, outstanding. Absolutely. The way he, he came for long balls and, and you know he grabbed them this time. He, he didn't punch that much, which he did before. Um, but you could really see that he's he's really upped, upped his game in in that regard. His uh, distribution was smarter, was quicker. So, uh, yeah, thought uh, most of the guys had an okay to, to, uh, to a very good game. Uh, I think with Lalana, uh, it was just a slight rust, uh, I guess, um, coming back after being in, out injured. Um, I was very surprised, uh, I mean, obviously being pressed into, into service uh, earlier than expected. Um, I was very, very surprised that he had as much gas in the tank uh, to last as long yeah. as he did and give the performance that he did. Um, albeit, the, I think there were two chances, I think. Um, uh, well, one chance, I guess, for him. And then there was a, another chance where there was a, a forward ball to Firmino, I think, or something like this, where he just couldn't get the, the, the through ball through, uh, to him. But other than that, yeah, really very good. Um, Mignolet, fantastic. Grabbing, grabbing balls, um, not being physically um, bullied by uh, Dini and, and, and the lot, um, really commanding in his area. Uh, area. He's the most improved player this year. Mignolet has to be the most... In- he is actually looking like a class keeper uh, at the moment. Yeah, his command absolutely. of the yeah, box, yeah, uh, uh, the yes. way he is clearing his lines, the confidence that he's got coming out. I promise you, uh, I think, I think uh, what you call it, Carius is going to have a, a, a real big job unseating him next year. Which is good for us. I think he's our player of 2017. <laughs> okay, let me let me uh, extend that statement a little bit more and, and 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 put this out there. Do you think he is the best keeper in the league in the past a month, month and a bit? No. Hey, listen. Uh, um, you know he, he's got a case. You know he, the obvious the obvious ones are Quartas and and De Gea. But uh, and Aussie Loris, but I tell you what, he, he's not. He's no, not far. He's not far off there. He's not far off. He's not far off that at the moment. No, no. Can we please talk about Loris? He's been absolutely terrible this year. Oh, I haven't watched if him. You, if, so everybody's yeah, raving about him. Yeah, he's been beaten at the near post time and again. He's made costly errors this year. There's there was a stat saying uh, how many errors he. he how many errors the goalkeepers made or how many games they played with an error. I think Mix was one error per 15 games. Um, Loris is on four games wow. per error. And so I think with, he, um, he's really with... having a terrible season. Um, he's an okay keeper. Um, he's never been that much better than, uh, than Mix. Um, they're very good goalkeepers, always have been. Um, Miggs is, is really happy with the fact that Matip and Milner and Klein are pretty stable in front of him. 
uh, and or Lovren. You know, it's always been most three out of those four uh, have been playing. And Lloris is obviously... It's a bit of... Yes, Will, yeah. I was just going to say that Lloris has obviously benefited as well from the fact that, you know, it's fairly obvious that Spurs have at the moment got a better or or at least a more organised defence than we have. And I think he's benefited from that in terms of he's leading the Premier League in clean sheets. And I think a lot of that is down to the Spurs defence more than the Spurs goalkeeper. And coming back to the thing of him being the best goalkeeper this month, I think the main case you can make for him is the amount of points that he's effectively won for Liverpool. Like, yeah. you look back at the Stoke game, and we, if he doesn't make those two fantastic saves in those games, we yeah. could have ended up losing it 3-2 rather yeah. than winning it 2-1. And, yeah. you know, he's 100%. just... In, in yeah. terms of improvement, definitely, and the way he's taken us all by surprise with these good performances, I think he's definitely up there. And I'd probably say he's the best goalkeeper this month because none of the others have really... There are other good goalkeepers in the Premier League, but none of them have stood out the way that Mignolet has for me in the past month or so. Yeah, yeah. And especially yep. for those reasons that you mentioned, um, especially also given that the fact that the, the defenders in front of him, there's been uh, such a change in personnel, sometimes due to injuries or whatever reasons there may be. Uh, he's he's uh, stepped up there and, yeah, kept us in games, won us the points as well. Even in, in this... Uh, a Watford game, um, not that many clear chances for Watford, but yeah, he, he did his uh, bit to keep us uh, in the game and, and uh, get us the three the three points. But hey, Emre Chan, we have to talk about him. Um, uh, what a moment! Of pure magic. Um, <laughs> do you think that's uh, gonna that's <laughs> probably sorted out his contract now? Uh, I don't think his contract was any doubt. I think he had a problem with playing time when Henderson was fit. Um, and I think he realizes that there's going to be enough games uh, if we, when we make CL and everything that he will there. But did you notice every time Chan got the ball against Watford, he injected pace and drive. He, was dro- he drove at them. Uh, and and it, we seemed to get energized every time he got the ball because he seemed to want to do something. And that's what I was shouting about uh, before the, the, the goal is that we were just too pedestrian. And he seemed to be the only one, apart from Lalana as well, that would seem to want to inject that pace into into our attack. Very reminiscent of Jarg. Yeah. I'm, I'm just the fact that he well. attempts... Uh, just the fact that he attempts a bicycle kick at go- uh, at goal, I mean that says something about the personality in this in this moment. Yeah, yeah I'll be very upset if he's not here next year. Something to yeah. Hmm? I think the I thing that's be... probably. Ooh. Oh, okay. I was just going to say that I think the thing with um, the contract and the reason it's stalled is was not not just the playing time thing, but. Um, there seemed to be some sort of issue over pay and the kind of wages that him or his agent was demanding as well. And I think what's happened is they've realised that they're not going to get this contract sorted out without lengthy talks. And it makes sense really to leave that out until the end of the season and simply allow the player and the club to get on with finishing off this push for Champions League football before we start delving into any complex talks with the contract. So I kind of agree with what everyone's saying that I, I don't want to see him playing anywhere else next season. I think those talks will probably get wrapped up come the summer transfer window. We'll have to see. If, if Juventus wins the Champions League or gets into the final and they put in a bid, um, I can I can see Emery saying, OK, hold on, um, they want me as their starter. Uh, Kadira is, uh, is on his way down. Uh, I'm on the way up. 
um, if I can play for Juve um, 40 games a season um, I'll, I'll win trophies uh, I'll be in the Champions League forever and ever um, I can understand a player's had been turned by a club like Juventus for a player that isn't a nil on starter he won't he, he won't have forgotten um, July August well when, when did we start the season August August through uh, November October uh, November December where he simply was on the bench and, and used in, 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 in very very bit part so um, he, he clearly hasn't been uh, the starter if everybody's fit he's on the bench um, so if, if, if a club comes size of Juve why wouldn't he go? But don't you think, with his performances now, he warrants a starting place? Yeah, um, I was just going to say... Well, the thing, he competes the thing with is, Henderson. Henderson. Yeah, but when Henderson was here, we all agreed that he, he's been bossing midfield all season long. And be, because he's been out a bit, and the rest has... And, and Emre has been better um, than he was in, in, in earlier in the season... Um, we kind of like to forget that but Henderson was absolutely brilliant, he was the pass master he was everything, scored goals assists um, stuff like that, he was, he was everywhere on the pitch and, and now we, we forget it because we're still okay without him um, Yeah but don't you think, pace, don't you think Chan has been better than, better than Ginny at the moment? So don't you think Vinaldum might be the one that loses out? But again, if we're playing midweek, we're playing midweek Champions League, and on the weekend, Prem, there's enough playing time for all, all of them there. Obviously, but that, that's the point that uh, Klopp also made in, in, in recent, uh, one of the recent presses, where he said, um, I could have bought one or two or three more players, they would not have been happy earlier on in the season because they wouldn't have play, been playing and I couldn't have kept them happy. I, I don't really agree with him um, but I can understand where he's coming from. If, if you know that you're going to play uh, one game a week for most of the season um, yeah, there will be players that will be saying uh, okay, I understand that you want me uh, I'm not seeing myself playing tons and tons of games simply because you don't play at tons of games. It's why Benteke said at the end of the season, um, we'll have to see, but I think um, I think I'll leave just because we're not in Europe, so less games for me. The the thing that interests me is this tag, the nailed-on starter tag, okay? Because um, with the Mignolet versus Karius debate, Mignolet has um, really proved himself and showed that, and, and sh- continuing to show that he should be the nailed-on starter. And then you have Matip, when fit, he's a nailed-on starter. Uh, Klein, for lack of other options, um, is a nailed-on starter. Uh, James Milner, again, for lack of better options, is a nailed-on starter. Um, Ditto, Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, um, when all are fit. The next thing is um, we're looking at chasing players like uh, Kita and Brandt. Um, then that uh, you you begin to see that um, 
there are there's only limited slots left, and then you have Henderson, uh, uh, Emre as well as Ginny, and then there's Lalana as well. Uh, so it's interesting to, for me to see next season this nailed on starter, first name on a team sheet that goes in if a fit and available <laughs> for Premier League game. How does Klopp um, compose his midfield? So I, I think he's got to rotate more. He's got to rotate more. He, he's got to yeah. give everybody... If I would say if we've got a midfield of Chan, Henderson, Cater, and Vinaldum, he's got to say whoever's the midfield playing in midweek Champions League will play for an hour and the other two will come on for half an hour and then it'll swap around for the weekend. So he keeps everybody fit and sharp. And then you've got well, the Gruitch and you've got, the, you've got the, the youngsters and everything for the Cups with a couple of older ones uh, maybe thrown in there now and again. I think he'll there be, has to be... Um, I think there has to be a three of, you know, okay, we've got Real Madrid in midweek. Which are, which are my best three? Hmm. You don't always rotate, do you? Sometimes you think, okay, this is a big game. Yeah. And who are those? Who are those three? Dude? But if they all well, clash think, together, it's all of equal quality. This season, yeah. this season we had Henderson, Ginny, and um, Lalana, didn't we? I mean, they were brilliant as a as a three. Now, uh, at at the moment, you you would say that Emery is playing better than Ginny and there's a worry with Henderson as well about his fitness so difficult especially with a new person coming in well it, it's, it's also going to be about form it's going to be about um, who, who's been uh, who's shown the most in training uh, who's who's the fittest because Emre as, as club mentioned the other week uh, Emre hasn't been fit for a, 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 for a while through January, but there was simply no option not, not to play him. So he had to play through the pain carrying the knock, um, which was he, obvious. He, he was, he was injured against that, Watford. He, he was carrying, he was injured against Watford. So, no, so no, he, earlier on through, through January. Oh, I thought that the report said he was injured for Watford, uh, and the, but the no. cop said you have to play. Okay, Ooh, did I misread it? Henderson? No, 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 it was uh, January. Chen, yeah, no, Chen. I saw that. The report got it wrong. Yeah. No, Chan, Chan, was uh, Chan was carrying an ankle knock or something like this. Yeah, he was carrying an okay. ankle thing. Uh, wasn't serious enough to keep him out, but he, I, I did remember reading, he said that he had to play through the, play through the, pain. the yeah. Um, Sturridge note, Sturridge note. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Sturridge was not meant to f- feature again in the season, and here he is running around against Watford, nearly scoring as well. Took uh, yep. yeah, two, three defenders, <laughs> two, three yes. defenders out of the picture with just a move. Shimmy Sham. That's what he does so well, even after not playing regularly, and uh, you know, all the rustiness and all that. He still possesses that just that little. Extra. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Daniel uh, a bit later on a bit. Um, but uh, coming back to this, um, so I've got, um, wow, a huge majority um, of people who voted both on uh, Twitter as well as on our 
cite uh, voting Emre's goal versus Watford as the goal of the season. Uh, agree? Disagree? Agree. I agree, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, got to agree. I mean, you, you've got to compare it to some of the other goals we scored in the beginning of the year, that Henderson free kick and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's obviously fresh in our minds. Uh, it is a wonder, it's a wonder strike. I mean, he, he, you know, you, you've got to give it to him. It, it'll be churlish not to. Oh, uh, it, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, that the thing that impressed me the most about it was a lot of people have been comparing it to sort of the best overhead kicks in the Premier League of the past. You know, you had Andy Carroll this season, you had Rooney about seven years ago in the Manchester derby. And what impressed me was how when most overhead kicks, it's mostly about the acrobatics of the player getting into that position and then simply smashing it as hard as they can past the goalkeeper. But Jans was really about the technique as well because he doesn't just hit it as hard as he can. He gets the right amount of just the right amount of weight on the touch to lift it over the goalkeeper and curl it into the corner, which is sort of different from most overhead kicks you see and it still has all the acrobatics of him throwing himself into the air and getting his legs in the right place for it so I'd say it's definitely a cut above our other goals this season in terms of the pure technique required to pull it off yeah he said he did as well yeah he did say he did say that the ball was ahead of him but normally when a player takes an overhead kick they're stood with their back to goal but he was running towards the goal and then had to turn sideways and and uh, make the kick. It was yeah, that, completely different to what you yeah. normally see. He said that it's because it, um, I think he, his initial intent was to head the ball, um, but yeah. then it was just ahead of him or something like this. And, and then he in that split moment, he decided that he's going to... The only option really for him was to, to, uh, to react in the way that he did. Um, very good technique. I mean, if you if you slow it down, you look. He caught the ball right on, you know, on the laces, and powered right through in a fantastic finish. There's, Joe, there's a report. Uh, I think you posted it as well. The report that uh, Lucas and Chan have been practicing that. Yeah, Cl- club mentioned it. That these movements of um, a midfielder, one of the three, moving into the box, uh, getting a, a pass like that yeah. to create something. Uh, they've been working on the last couple of Thursdays. But that's it's something quite... they've been doing all season. If you look at it, Lalana has scored many goals like that. Uh, Gini scored a couple like that. Yeah, yeah. They all. That's just when, when the attacking players pull out of the box and the ball comes in and the central midfielders run in. That's something Klopp is obviously doing this the whole, this season all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also the case where the opposition needs to be concentrating, especially teams like Watford and uh, these these uh, sorts of teams where they rely on sitting deep. Um, you know, they need to be focused and concentrated throughout the ninety minutes. You know, to keep uh, tight, compact, uh, close down all gaps. Um, and when you get towards the end of the season, you find these gaps suddenly uh, appearing. And specifically with regards to the Watford game, before that goal, you can see the movement that Firmino made uh, standing right in front of Mariapa, was it, uh, from Watford? Um, and it was that, that, that slight movement forward that opened up the space, uh, the gap for, for Lucas, um, to, for that uh, kind of like a pass or chip, was it? Was it a chip that he, was, he attempted, he did? No, um, was a was a cross. Was a cross. Well, it looked like almost like a chip cross kind of um, 
kind of hit. Um, and it was it was actually because of a, of a, of a, of, a, of the move, movement that Firmino um, uh, did just a split a split moment before that that created the, that uh, that that space. So yeah, Vess is right. I mean, they've been practicing this, um, and, and it's well, one moment that it's paid off in this uh, in leading up to this goal. Yeah, I've been thinking a bit. Um, for me, the goal of the season was a Mane goal, but it was a team effort. Um, there's a pass from Milner into, uh, I don't know who, where Coutinho makes, uh, makes a dummy. That puts two or three of them out of the, out of the frame. I think it's Firmino puts it out wide. Emery Chan whips it over into the box. And Mane slotted home in, in a volley. Don't know which game it was early in the season. That was yeah, we've had a we've team, we've had a lot of good team goals. Yeah, we've had a lot of good yeah, team goals, breaking and, and with me. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, 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 I know which one you're talking about because we still had a discussion of of the, the brilliant uh, uh, fake from Coutinho that took out two or three yeah. players. Yeah, I gave yeah. him another match just before that, yeah. just because of mm. that that moment. Ball was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It created the momentum. So that one, or the Henderson strike against Chelsea, um, or the Mane goal versus Arsenal, because that made us believe. And 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 any any Coutinho free kick that he scored, he's scored quite a few. He's yeah, he's two, he's, yeah. he's hit quite the two, yeah. two or three. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a relief that um, he will be straight back into the team for the game against uh, the Saints. So a lot of hearts uh, were in mouths there. Um, when he tried to struggle on, uh, so injury crisis to our magician averted. So that that's a relief. <laughs> Very big relief. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For for the rest, no news. Right. Uh, Hendo still not in training. Yeah. He's not going to play this year again. No. Yeah. He's been out for a while now. So. Uh, the most recent one was, um, I think, the staff were telling him to be on the on crutches or something like this. So, by the time he gets away from all of that and then actually gets back to fitness again, uh, season is over. <laughs> yeah. um, how about uh, the performance of uh, Joel Matip? How influential was he in defence? He's calming, isn't he? Yeah. But again, I think he's. Yeah, he's doing what he was doing earlier on in the season, which is where, you know, he went under the radar quite a bit because, like you're saying, he's that he's such a calming influence, and I think that's why, I think many people, including myself, sort of question the defence in the game against Watford at first because it sort of looked like they had nothing to do until the last ten minutes, where things did get a little bit hairy as Watford put us under pressure and hit the bar and everything and started creating chances, but throughout that game it's sort of difficult to notice just how calming an influence he is and obviously I think that has an effect on Simon Mignolet who plays better that calms Mignolet down and that helps out players like Matip and Lovren calm down so it's sort of it carries on this cycle of the players just sort of becoming more and more comfortable playing together and I think that's also a result of the fact that they get an extended run in the team obviously Matip and Lovren have been in and out of the starting 11 they haven't played too many games together as a centre-back partnership and now they're starting to get a run of games where they're both playing next to each other. They're they're both improving, and I think that is partially down to the fact that Matip is such a calming influence in defence. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of um, uh, growing influences on football games at Liverpool plays, um, Lucas Lever, your favourite topic, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> He's multiple man of the match 
he has he is having an Indian summer. This guy, um, as many uh, assists as uh, uh, Pogba, more than Mata, <laughs> more than Walker. Uh, comparing to Pogba, he's played one thousand six hundred and thirty-three minutes more football. Uh, Pogba, speaking of Pogba, uh, more than Lucas this season. And uh, you know, the past five games, um, Lucas has been running away with it. Um, I, I know we talked about it in the last, um, I think it was in the last podcast where we talked about uh, possibly giving him a contract. I think some of the uh, chat chatter was about, you know, uh, not looking into sentimentality and, um, you know, but we left this, uh, I know I said next next season we're playing more football, we're in Europe again. In some form, we're, we're definitely, Europe is uh, guaranteed for us, okay, whether it's a, Champion League, a Champions League or Europa League, Europa League, looks very much Champions League. Um, can we afford to let go of his experience? So, I, 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 I think not. I think we will keep him. I think he will, he will continue being a, the Brazilian Scouser, being in, 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 the, in the team. And he's, he's showing it, he's showing it with his performances as well. Right? Yep. We saying we saying that uh, Chan is a problem with playing time. If we bring in Kater, then where Gruch has been injured all season, so he's going to need some game time next year. I can't see him getting much game time unless he's prepared to only play in the cups uh, um, outside of the CL and the Prem uh, and be a back like a fourth or fifth backup. I, I think I actually think he's going to go. Uh, and I think it's time for him to go, go out on a high, uh, go out on a good season that he's put in a good shift. But I think for his own peace of mind and playing time, I think he, he deserves to, to go where he's going to get good, decent playing time. Um, so I expect him to go. Okay. Uh, Jason, you, you don't think so. You think he's going to stay? Uh, if you'd asked me a few weeks ago, I think I would have said he's you know, kind of definitely on the list to go. But I'm just starting to change my mind, partly because he's playing so well in this position at the moment, and partly due to the number of injuries we've had this season. Even if we bring five players in, if we've got potentially another, I don't know, 20 games or something next season, yes, are we going to get more injuries? And then I I was kind of thinking, similar, to be honest, with... uh, Sturridge as well. I mean, I, I thought he would definitely be gone the end of the season, and now I'm starting to think, can we afford to let those players go if we don't want to bring eight players in at the end of the year because it destabilises the squad too much? So maybe it's better to to keep some of those players. Christian, what do you think? Do you think he's justified an extension to his contract? Yes, but I have to say um, about uh, until... About three months ago, I would have said, let, let him go. Yeah, let him go before he can cause any further damage. <laughs> he hardly played, <laughs> came, in a, came in, just kidding. He came in as a late substitute, if ever. And then he had to play as a central defender, centre-back, which was a disaster. And yeah, I re- still remember Eric's <laughs> and rating afterwards. And then he, he was brought in as a 
defensive midfielder, which is he's obviously feeling very comfortable with that. And all of a sudden, he he shows all his experience. He's not the fastest player, he's not the tallest, but he has a very good positioning. He has a very good reading of the game, and um, that has given us a lot of com uh, additional composure and confidence. And confidence is lacking in this team. And he's one of those players who adds to the strength and uh, and solidity in in, in uh, yeah in our third. And also in midfield, so I'm I'm very happy with his his performances, and um, I would keep him at least for another year. Yes. Okay, um, Eric, you <clears> want <throat> him gone, right? It's 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 not so much to do with Lucas <laughs> in, in, in 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 itself. Lucas, for me, together with with uh, with Skirtle, are the epiphany of ten years of uh, uh, well, a very very torrid time um, you know we we had nearly no pri uh, no silverware um, so f for me that is uh, uh, Lucas if I see Lucas I, I think about those near the end of Rafa until um, uh, well basically until now so um, yeah he's been absolutely great this season I said just before the show I said I uh, I can see him getting a new deal and um, uh, there's an argument and the way he's been talking when he got the um, when he got the party um, you know he said I'll always be available uh, stuff like that and after the game as well it was about uh, well the coach asked me to be more involved so I did now I'm trying to move further forward and I want to add goals as well well it's it's three games left. The way he's been talking is that he's here for the rest of uh, for the rest of his career. And on the other hand, I mean, I like Luke, and uh, uh, as as a person, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, the way he's he's been around, you know, the Latino guys uh, get them settled in. Uh, the way Henderson uh, rates his professionalism, stuff like that. I think all of that warrants a um, uh, warrants a new deal just to not interrupt um, you know, the hierarchy in, in the dressing room too much. I See, this is where I tend to disagree with you. We were successful as a team in the 70s and 80s because there was no sentimentality. When mm. I remember Paisley turning around, uh, or was, was he the Paisley or Shankly turning around, when uh, Crazy Horse, Emlyn Hughes, it was time for him to go. And we were very successful under, uh, under Emlyn Hughes. And when Bob Paisley turned around and says, his, foot, his, his football career at Liverpool may have ended, but his football career has not ended. It's time for him to move on. We need an upgrade. We need to get somebody in that will take us that step higher, That's to be that much better. So I think if Klopp wants to progress this team, forget sentimentality. And I've been defending Lucas, and I'm one of his biggest fans. And I've been defending him all year against all sorts of people. Um, but I think if we get a cater in, we need to start letting the Gretchers and all of these people come through. Uh, and giving them game time. And I think it's time for him then to move on. All right. 
yeah, let's see let's see um, how that uh, how that pans out over the uh, summer. I, I I still think he's going to stay. Um, yeah, he seems to have a good relationship with Klopp as well. I think. Can it's I add? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I tend to agree for a change with uh, both Keith and Eric. Uh, <laughs> but the question is, uh, are we talking about? Are we trying to predict if he is going to stay, or are we? expressing our opinions on whether he should be staying. Uh, uh, until three or four days ago, I was certain that he would go. But, uh, like Eric said, uh, in light of his recent statements, uh, things he, he's been saying about what he is uh, working on, that he wants to add more assists and more, more goals, and... Again, like Eric said, there's three games left. Mm -hmm. When is he going to do all that and accomplish what Klopp is asking him to do? There's obviously something going on in that aspect that, that we don't know about. So, uh, I can agree with, with that, that maybe he should leave, maybe the club should move on, and maybe he should do himself a favor and go somewhere where he will be playing more regularly. But uh, it seems like that's not what's going to happen. It seems that, that they have some kind of a plan for him to stay. Did you see the At report, Vess? I, I, I can be wrong here. Did you see the report, Vess, that uh, Fenerbahce flew in to discuss terms with Lucas? Yeah, I no. saw that report, but uh, frankly, I, wasn't there a similar report in the summer and, and the previous winter? Yeah, uh, no, no, but he was on his way to Fenerbahce and uh, he was stopped. Klopp uh, pulled the deal. Yeah. Why? Yeah, because of Sarko. Be because we didn't get, yeah, because of Sarko, because we didn't have the right cover. I think if Klopp gets his targets that he wants this summer, I can see him going. If he doesn't, then I can see Lucas staying. Did you? Did you? Did any of you see that that uh, altercation on Twitter between James Pierce and and Lukas? No. No. This summer, when when, no. uh, when the Sako trouble began and uh, it became clear that Lukas is going to stay, uh, James Pierce uh, tweeted something. I think he even wrote an article on, on Liverpool Echo about uh, Lukas staying on as defensive cover because of, of the trouble with Sako. And Lukas actually replied on Twitter right. and told Piers that he should be more responsible in presenting his oh, news yes, and yeah. statement. Mm -hmm. So, it's... To me, it says something that, that something else was going on there. It wasn't just because of Sako. Mm -hmm. Of course, I may be wrong. I, this is all speculation and, and wild guessing. But that's what it seems like to me. Hmm. Okay. Don't think we'll ever know. Yeah. Probably, the, problem yeah. with, for, the problem for Klopp is three factors. First of all, he has to get um, to get those players, and um, when he get yeah get all those players, and then you have to integrate them into the team. And um, 
if that works with so many players to integrate, especially into midfield, which is very sensible, and because you need the connection both uh, forward and back, backwards, uh, this is a very, very difficult field to get pl- the right players in. And um, I think that Liverpool, even if we get top four, top four or even the third, we will still struggle to get exactly those players because that club type of player... Now, all Europe is after those players, and you have seen how just just uh, Munich and Dortmund in Germany have yeah, bought out the market <laughs> of those mm-hmm. players. And if you see all those players uh, like Lyon or Monaco, um, how fast they pass and, and sprint, even starting in their own third, it's a completely different sort of play. And we have a lot of players in our team, like James Milner on the left and, and uh, Nathaniel Klein on the right. They, I think they cannot really cope with that fast, fast pace, pace play. And um, with Lucas in the middle, for example, he, he gives some, some more composure in that because he's more, they, those players are used to play in a different, um, on a different tempo. Yeah, and this, is, this gives the team much more composure than, than throwing in a lot of uh, very young, highly talented, highly skilled midfielders coming from a totally different environment. It will be a very, very big task for, for Klopp in the summer. Yeah, to get this uh, this big team together, and Lucas could really help to add some more, yeah, composure. Yeah, Christian, where's he going to play, or when is he going to play? Who? If we're already worried about getting integrating Chan, if Henderson's fit, Chan's fit, Lalana is fit, uh, Ginny is fit, we bring in definitely going to bring in somebody in the Cato mold. We're definitely going to bring in that. When is Lucas going to have... And then you still um, got to give Gruwich some time. Uh, and, and then you want to still want to bring on the, the youngsters like Egerio to, uh, to, to give them experience. But so from, from I just... Yeah? yeah, sorry. Go, go on. Yeah, I, I think I've got your question and, uh, right. And um, uh, I think the, the, the key problem at the moment, which has in fact developed over the past few weeks, is that Henderson um, might be out for, for a long time. And will still be injury prone. So we have seen Henderson has missed a lot of games over the past few seasons and will miss a lot more games. Yeah, that so, is not um, I do not count that's... on Jordan Henderson at the moment. Although I love this guy, but I think he, there's a severe problem that has developed. No, but the, the other heel is fixed and it, those heel problems are fixed with resting. And so he's getting a prolonged rest now. Um, to get the other heel sorted as well um, before that and it's just been the last two seasons where he had this heel problem the seasons before that he's ever present in his first three seasons he missed three games and that was due to suspension yeah. he's, he's he's rock solid if if not for those heel, two heels and when they're uh, I think it needs to tear and then rest and then it's okay yeah, then that's, that's so, so new to me. Henderson that isn't can be fixed because I thought it, it's not fixable. No, it, it, it you can't fix it, but it needs to tear or something. And when that has happened, the pain's gone and you can move on. Carragher had it in one heel, and in the end, that was solved because you know it it, it won't go away. But uh, the pains from the pressure and when that's 
when it tears open the pressure is gone um, so that's that then if I if I'm informed correctly and of course he had a broken foot but that can happen to anyone that's no, not being injury that's not injury prone that's, mm. that's just but fitness wise um, can't recall a muscle injury a knee ligament and uh, and and a broken foot that's it so yeah I read I read a comment uh, someone made a comment on one of the articles and listed Hendo as someone who needs to be shown the door it was a head scratcher for me I was like what ah oh, yeah well. <laughs> okay um, right let's let's get into this um, uh, uh, Southampton pre- uh, uh, preview uh, so okay just, then uh, I am out for all right the rest. hey thanks thanks uh, thanks Eric cheers, uh, cheers. cheers. Talk to you next time. cheers Eric cheers, cheers, cheers Eric good night cheers. Uh, did you know that uh, Klopp hasn't won any of his pre uh, three previous Premier League games against uh, Southampton? Now, Liverpool had won their previous three versus the Saints prior uh, to his arrival. Uh, the Saints have won just one, one, uh, won just one of their last five visits to Anfield in the league. Uh, and uh, this was in September 2013. Um, and uh, from our current uh, central defender uh, Dejan Lovren. Uh, we have yet to score against Southampton in three games this season. Uh, we drew nil-nil in the league uh, with them in November, and we lost both League Cup semi-final legs one-nil. Interestingly, uh, as a side stat to this game, Klopp now has an identical record to Brendan Rodgers in his first 65 Premier League games in charge of Liverpool. That's 33 wins, 18 draws and 14 losses, winning 117 points. So, um, how do you guys see this uh, this game against the Saints? We, we really need to get some results. Um, yes, you have talk saying that, okay, um, we have one foot through the door, with regards to Champions League qualifications, uh, but it isn't over until we have it in our hands. Perhaps Will could give us a taster of um, um, your coming preview and uh, pre-game build-up. I think this is certainly the biggest game we've got left this season because when you look at the last three, West Ham, you know, at the Olympic Stadium, it's not like playing at Upton Park going away to West Ham anymore because that that fear factor has been lost. And obviously they're still adapting to that stadium and they don't have much left to play for this season. And Middlesbrough, we can sort of expect that they might actually be relegated by the time they make the trip to Anfield. So they too could end up not having much left to play for by that point in the season. Whereas Southampton are obviously still a very good side. And as you say, we haven't actually scored against them yet this season. So they clearly, they know their stuff when it comes to to how to shut down Liverpool. And I think it was when they drew with us nil-nil earlier on the season, that sort of became a turning point in that it, Mm -hmm. it was, it's showed to a lot of teams in the Premier League that there was a way to shut down the free-flowing attacking football that Liverpool were able to play. And there, you know, there was a certain style in which you could sort of park the bus and sit back defensively and hit on the counter-attack that worked against Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool setup. The thing that may suggest that it might tip in our favour now is the fact that we don't play like that team that we that played earlier on in the season. You know, we're a lot more pragmatic we're we're much less about flair and more about things like game management and simply getting 
enough goals to see out three points and, and seeing out results, no matter how boring or horrible or difficult they may be to watch. So hopefully, <laughs> you know, we come into this with a different game plan. We don't think we can blow away Southampton because realistically, I don't think we can. I think it would be naive for Jurgen Klopp to go into this game and think that we can steamroller than given them given the, the personnel we have available at the moment and the results we had against them earlier on the season. So I think I think it'll be tight. It's probably going to end up being like the Watford game or like the West Brom game. It's not going to be that much fun to watch. It's going to be cagey. You know, I'm not really selling it here, I know, but I think <laughs> I just I just I just reckon that's how it's going to go. It's it's going to be a tough end to the season and this is probably going to be like I said the most difficult game we have left. But I can still see us getting the win simply because I mentioned teams not having much left to play for. That that was the case with Watford. They they were mid-table, they're safe. And Southampton have had a little bit of a dip in form recently and I think that is partially down to the fact that they are safe. They're not really close enough to the Europa League spots to really mount any sort of charge for European football. So they're really playing for pride at this stage in the season. So hopefully if if we show up for the fight and, and show a little bit of desire to win the game, it might sort of scare them off and make them think, look, let's just go for damage limitation and, and avoid making ourselves look silly. And so, yeah, I, th- I think Liverpool will get the win in this game. With uh, uh, Claude Puel seems to have our number... Um, you know, when it comes to to playing us, uh, he just seems to know the right formula. He just need, he seems to know how to to nullify us. But as you said, uh, will um, we've uh, over the past month or so, um, we've become um, a lot more pragmatic. Um, you know, in our approach, in a tactical setup, in the way we we approach the game. Um, we need to get some kind of a result against them. It's like you just you don't want to have another team that you know that has this, okay, uh, bogey team, um, uh, the team that is able to do something against um, uh, uh, Liverpool. We don't want that. Um, so, it, it, actually, talking about Southampton, um, their form has kind of dipped off. Uh, it, it, re- I was reading something here uh, that says that even if the Saints win their remaining. Uh, Premier League matches this season, they'll still fall under their league points tally uh, from 2015-2016 as well as 2014-2015 and and will only be able to equal their tally in 2013-2014. There's a a general um, consensus coming right now that says that they've actually underachieved this season and that Claude himself um, faces a scrutiny um, over his, uh, his position and whether it's not certain that the Frenchman will, will remain in charge of the Saints uh, uh, next next season, which means that we can use our discount card, right, against them. <laughs> 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 Buy a Van Dyke, get a Ryan Bertrand for free. We forget that Klopp has thrashed Southampton. Uh, it might not have been in the Prem, but we went there and did them 6-1 in the League Cup, or the one of the Cups anyway. Yeah, the League Cup. Um, so it's not so much a bogey team uh, as much as uh, it's been our up and down season. I actually am a little bit more optimistic about the Southampton game than I am that I was uh, about the West Brom, Stokes, and Crystal Palace. I'm hoping uh, Southampton will actually play some football um, with Lalana coming back and Coutinho fit. We, we might have a little bit more of a, uh, 
a creativity uh, and flair about us where I can see us winning a little bit more comfortably with a two-goal margin than the one-goal margin that we're doing. And also, we've got Sturridge back in the mix as well. So, from an attacking sense, we're starting to get a little bit of our flair payers back on the field. So, I'm a little bit more hopeful that it will be a little bit more comfortable than it has been in recent games. Okay. Um, any other uh, similar views or dissimilar views? Yeah, I'd just like to, to add something here. I, I don't think these head-to-head uh, -head meetings in the recent past count for, for much at this point when we're trying to predict what's going to happen in this game. Uh, we are a different prospect, as Will pointed out. We don't play that flair football uh, that, that uh, failed to score in in the first part of the season at St. Mary's. And uh, as far as the League Cup games are concerned, we played with... I believe that was somewhere in the middle of our most troublesome period yeah. this season. And we are definitely a different prospect at this point than we were back then for both the, that League game and, and the two League Cup games. Uh, also... Uh, Southampton seemed to me as a different prospect at this point. Uh, recently, they've been hammered at home by Manchester City. Uh, ten days later, they conceded four against Chelsea. And the last game, they drew against Hull at home. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I believe we can beat them. I believe we will beat them. We should beat them. Okay. And uh, oh, basically, well, this, uh, yeah, we have this um, uh, Virgil van Dijk uh, rumors. Uh, we'll talk about them in uh, in part two. Um, Ryan Bertrand is also understood to be interested in a move away. Um, we tried for him once before. I think Brendan tried to sign him once. I think uh, while he was still here, I'm not sure why that uh, didn't happen, but. Um, Maybe we could try for him again. I don't know, um, but that's yet another Saints player that we could <laughs> we could possibly go for. Okay, uh, scoreline predictions, uh, starting with you, Ves. Two nil. Two nil. Okay, Keith. Two -nil, okay. Keith's not there. Okay, Jason. <laughs> One nil. One nil. Sorry, I I had my thing on. I I was going for a two goal uh, lead as well. I can see you, Keith. I, I, I've done something to my phone. I don't know what's <laughs> fucking happening. <laughs> I'm trying to fix it, and I don't know what I've done. Sorry, what was your score score line again? I'm I'm going for a two goal win. Two goal win. Okay, uh, Jason, you said one nil, right? That's right. Yeah, one nil. Okay, Will. I'm getting behind one nil as well. I think. One nil. Okay, and Christian. I go for the score of the the Chelsea game, four uh, two for us. Wow, it's a bit more optimistic, isn't it? <laughs> and quite random as well. I quite like. I'd like to see four two. It, it's yeah, certainly been an improvement on the last few games. 
be nice to see some goals, isn't it? Everything's kind of, yeah. kind of tapered off at the moment, and it's like uh, just trying to get through. It's important that we get through, but um, we want to be excited in the process. But yeah, I'm I'm going to see this as a narrow win myself, a one goal, two goal kind of thing. I just hopefully we we keep a clean sheet. There, I said it, clean sheet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it, I tell you what will be good for us is if we really click uh, and and give them a good three goal hammering to get that goal difference up uh, with our battle with City. I wouldn't mind that happening. If we start well and they just sort of capitulate, uh, I wouldn't mind another big scoreline. I think that's what Middlesbrough are going to be for. (laughs) (laughs) Cannon for a, hopefully. Hey, that's a good one. If if they're relegated, yeah, that could happen as well. Yeah. Okay, so, hmm, interesting. City are playing Palace next. Mm. Yeah, Palace minus Sarko, though. And United are playing, uh, well, they, they play Arsenal. Vigo. Yeah, Arsenal. They play <laughs> good luck again, <laughs> goodness sake. Um, Which Arsenal will show up. Mm. It, mm. Seems, it seems to me that Mourinho has given up on the league already. I mean, he's yes. been making some kind of some noises saying that he's going to feel the under-23 side... Um, for, for the remaining game or something like that and just focusing on Europa League. So, you can't tell anything with this guy, but... That's um, just my guess. I, I, I pissed myself he gets smashed in the first leg and all of a sudden <laughs> he'll have to change his mind and Celta Viego take a two or three goal lead. <laughs> they're not having a good run of form though, Celta Viego. Uh, yeah, so... Maybe they're, they're focusing on the Europa League too. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, they've actually lost their last three games so they're going into this in in a a small little rut at the moment so hopefully they could uh, they could do something and uh, put a disappointment on Manchester United do you think Spurs can catch Chelsea? no no I think that Everton result was the nail in the coffin wasn't it? yeah I wouldn't mind them I wouldn't mind them pipping Chelsea only because I just don't like Chelsea but uh, I can't see it happening. Okay, so Chelsea nailed on, Spurs nailed on. Yeah, um, they've just got too easy running. I mean, if they had a couple yes. of more difficult games, I would say they've got a chance. But uh, you know, wouldn't it be nice if it was a, a Spurs-Chelsea finale with two points in it? So what do you think? I can see it. Yeah, I can see it happen. Uh, if Chelsea slip up once, just once it's going to be a hell of a pressure. And then they could easily sleep again. No, so. no, it can happen. But I, I, I think the, the mentality at Chelsea is very, very strong at the moment. They're grinding out those results. Um, I thought they might be a little bit, struggle a little bit against Everton. But in the end, it was an easy 3-0 win. And they got most yeah. of their players still uh, fit. They don't have, they don't have many. They- Everybody's fit and firing there. Yeah, they don't. Have, they didn't have many injuries, you know, this season. Pretty good, actually. So, but yeah, they they have only Borough, uh, West Bromwich, Watford, and Sunderland left in the league. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, West Brom. West Brom could be uh, could be a tricky one uh, if they really park the bus nicely and get really physical, just because they can. Uh, and Pulis says, "Stuff them, go and kick the shit out of them." Uh, it could be uh, could be a tricky one. They're all on the they bench now, though. Been yeah. Terrible since they got to forty points. 
Yeah. They're all on the beach at the moment, so... Yeah. <laughs> they actually... But Pulis, is not, he's, Pulis is not the type of manager that'll accept uh, uh, a less than 100% commitment. Sorry, Vince. I agree. Yeah, sorry, Vince. Uh, they, they actually barely beat West Brom at Stamford Bridge earlier in the season. Yeah. It was a very new thing, and they could easily have lost that game. So, you never know. I, I, as I said, if if they're going to slip up, it could be that West Brom away. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they, they might struggle against Everton away, but the only really difficult one is West Brom away. The rest are at home. They're going to walk it at home. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if they do slip up against West Brom, then Spurs will have a sniff. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's wrap up here. We've got uh, some news to talk about. Uh, the first thing, of course, would be the centenary stand um, is to be renamed the Kenny Dalglish Stand in recognition of uh, King Kenny's unique contribution uh, to the club. Uh, John yeah, Henry. It's about time. John Henry says mm. that uh, we have a person who carries such immense significance to the fabric of this club. So it feels somewhat incumbent on us to recognise this in a manner that is befitting to the man. He is unique not just to Liverpool, but to the game in England as a whole and has achieved greatness. Yeah, um, fantastic fantastic news, uh, uh, this. Um, you know what's also interesting? That FSG could have opened this stand, the renaming of the centenary stand, to sponsors, but they didn't. Something to think about there. All the people who are I think it's sort of demonstrative of their their sort of they seem to have a general commitment to sort of improving the club for the fans and not just running it for the sake of um securing investments or making money. And you can argue that obviously their transfer strategy seems to doesn't seem to reflect that and it does seem to be more about uh, business, but I think that is more to do with Jurgen Klopp's attitude to the summer transfer window and I think I think some fans are a little bit too critical of FSG when you sort of look at the the owners that other Premier League clubs have you know just off the top of my head Watford for example uh, they're probably going to sack their manager at the end of this season Hull as well you know people sacking their managers despite having good seasons you know it's I'm perfectly happy with FSG and I think they've they've got I agree 100% yeah me too I like FSG I think they're running it properly. I think their 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 commitment is good. Uh, I think if Klopp wants to spend big, he will spend big this summer. You know, I think with a bit of luck, if he does go after Van Dijk, I don't think they will hold back. Uh, we run like a proper club. Uh, we're not at some rich person's plaything. Uh, we're not buying anything. We're doing it properly, uh, and it'll it'll st- uh, put us in good stead for many many years to go. Well, that's the key advantage for Kenny because he can sit wherever he wants to sit now. <laughs> but hey, what a lineage Anfield has, huh? Shankly Gates, Paisley Gates, uh, Shank's statue out front, Kenny Dalglish stand. Oh my God, what? Legends, absolute legends, in the game. That's uh, that's the pedig- pedigree and the status that um, the Liverpool have. It's better than the Emirates Stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, when you're talking about um, putting statues of Thierry Henry, I mean he's a great player, but it's just 
I mean, yeah, I mean next if season you think we'll have the Lucas Lever stand. Yeah, that, that's a that's that that's a definite. But I mean, if you think about Ian Rush, the leading goal scorer, three hundred and sixty odd. What did Thierry Henry score? Hundred and fifty odd. Um, I mean, if you if you're going to do something, you 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 look at somebody like the all-time goal scorer in terms of Ian Rush. Um, I mean, that's an icon. Uh, you still got Gerard to come. Uh, yeah, the plenty of names that we can pull out of the hat. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah, but but with Kenny Dalglish, it was also about his his involvement and his um, engagement yes, for yeah. for those uh, uh, for those who were affected by the tragedy of Hillsborough. And this is something special, and I think it's something unique. And he really, from my point as a quite new supporter, he really deserves that. Vez, I, I love your I love your suggestion, mate. <laughs> He's just written to me privately. He says, Joe, I think you should put this as an extract of the show in a Twitter promotion with the header, I like FSG. <laughs> <laughs> FSG is bound to cause some certain sites. This is agony. <laughs> it's definitely going to bring some clicks. <laughs> and, a, and a lot of unfollowings as well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, moving on. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, interesting thing that I've seen the other day, um, a, a graphic, uh, a Liverpool net spend, lowest among the top six in the EPL. Um, uh, first is, well, just uh, two million, two million pounds lesser than uh, Spurs, um, who have 147 points. They are the first, uh, first in this uh, top six. We are at number six. Okay. But if you look at the, the net spend, I mean, the highest in there is uh, City at 270 million, and then uh, Man United at 153 million, um, and then Arsenal, Chelsea, and then we've spent five million pounds. So it's an, it's an amazing net spend gulf between, uh, between us and others. But the thing about this point here is, um, has Klopp taken this squad as far as they can and, and now really need some investment? Uh, yes. look, look at his net spend after this season because this is his big season. He's assessed everybody. Yeah. I think this season he will be bringing in some, some, some expensive and quality signings. And I think, uh, I think whoever he doesn't fancy now has had a, year, a season and a half to evaluate them. He will move them on and bring in the people that he wants. Yep. Uh, okay, so some other stuff. Uh, Roy Keane is basically on a mission to make everyone as a miserable git, like just like <laughs> him. Um, he says that Liverpool should be ashamed of a top four finish. Oh my God, what's crazy? Yeah. Just... I would be ashamed if I was Roy Keane. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, to, to be fair to him, he he's also said that Manchester United should be. Yeah, shame of not not of a top four finish, but of celebrating a top four finish. I read this. I think it was abso- absolute crap what he said. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah, complete and utter rubbish. I think if you're talking about twenty years ago, that's fine. Exactly. But you, exactly. you have to look at you have to look at it. You know the situation Liverpool are in now, competing against since, especially since Chelsea. Well, Wenger came in. Chelsea, City, you know, it's it's been a lot harder. So 
to, for Klopp to get us back into the Champions League now would be absolutely huge. Yes. I think we should all look at Roy Keane's management record and celebrate <laughs> that he actually knows absolutely nothing. What management record? <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's walked out on how many manage how many managerial jobs has he walked out because he couldn't take the pressure? No, he's an absolute twat. And he's a typical scum player. I mean, they just produce them, don't they? You gotta give him something. He's better than Gary Neville, right? <laughs> yeah, Ooh. yeah, but that's that, yeah, that, that's really ra- not raising the bar very high, is it? <laughs> so what you're saying is that he should be ashamed of being better than Gary Neville, right? <laughs> no, he'll probably celebrate that. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, just trying to bring this to a landing. Um, we talked about Daniel Sturridge a lot um, in past shows. Um, just want to come back to this um, this one point here. Um, assuming assuming that Klopp wants to keep Dan, okay, for next season, he's still a good player. I mean, come on, that that's um, that's a given. I think he's shown that time and time again. It's only the injury situation, uh, you know, that's keeping him um, out and unavailable for long, long stretches of a time and being generally unreliable. And that's from that perspective. But let's assume that um, Klopp wants to keep him, okay? Should Daniel Sturridge uh, tell himself, you know, he should just accept, stay in Liverpool, uh, not be considered as the main man? He did say that he, you know, people say that he wants to be loved and he, know, he wants to be seen as the main guy. Um, but should he just swallow his pride and say, okay, um, given, given that his body tends to give up on him so often... Um, and yet here he's a manager uh, that is giving me a chance to stay at, at a top club. Um, should he just swallow his pride and, and, and accept and, and, and stay? And would you want him to stay? No. no. I think the, the problem with the idea of him being a bit part player at Liverpool is with his injury record and, and how long that's been going on for now, it's been, uh, is it three years now that he's been sort of in and out of the team? He's missed over half of the games at Liverpool. I think he just needs to be playing regular football if he wants to get back to being a, a fit and well footballer. And if he carries on playing this bit part role at Liverpool, he is going to keep just... He's never going to get back to the level he was at before because he needs consistent football for an extended period of time mm-hmm. to get back to the level that he's shown at the past at Liverpool and become the goal scorer that we know he can all be. And if he's not going to get that at Liverpool, then the best thing for him will be to move away. Obviously, he's he'd be a nice player to have at the club. He's been a good player to bring on as a sub. We saw that against Watford. He played pretty well when he came on. Uh, but he will probably end up being a bit of a luxury player for us. You know, He's, he's never going to be an important first-team player under Klopp. At least that's how it looks. So I think it is in his own interest to move away, whether that is to take a step down and maybe go to a Stoke or a West Ham where we know that he's a, he's a player that can play at a level higher than that. But... For now, I think for him, it's about getting minutes under his belt and just getting back to being what he was before. One question. How, and how much pound per week is he? Uh, I don't know, but it must be about... Yeah, it's yeah. going to be around that. It's, 100 and, it's, a, it's 150. And I'll just add, uh, add cool. there, is that like Harry Kuehl, we hold on, we hold on because of what he did in the past. Will... Daniel Sturridge, I think he's lost a yard of pace as well. Yeah, he looked good against Watford because Watford were chasing the game and all of a sudden the field was stretched and there was space for him to move. He has not been effective 
when we were chasing a game at nil-nil and he came on with his defenses sitting deep and, and being over-physical. He, he, he had a few of those. I don't think he's ever going to get back to that 13-14 season level. Uh, I think his body's packed up and I, I would be amazed if anybody would pay in the region of £40 million for Daniel Sturridge. I wouldn't pay £15 million for him. Uh, and have him sitting on, on uh, his, uh, it's costing us 7.8 million a year in wages. Mm-hmm. For how many times has he played? If he's played 15, I'll be surprised. Uh, so I can see yeah. him going, and I can see us rather spending that 40-odd million uh, on, on, on something really exciting, somebody really strong, somebody really fast, like an, uh, again, Kaki Williams, like a Brunt. Uh, and, and move on. The, st- the Sturridge is uh, uh, he's, he's not. He's, he's got no place in the Liverpool team at this yeah. stage. The club cannot plan with him, and that makes no. it almost impossible to, yeah, to to include him in in, in any calculations for the team and team planning. And uh, I mean, he has his contract. And if I was Sturridge, I would try to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and try to take any opportunity to to yeah make him make himself visible. For other for other clubs who might get yeah raise the interest and um, yeah but uh, for, from our perspective as a club it's um, I don't want to say he's useless don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but we we cannot really use him as club often uses this, this term we don't know when he's available and when he's available he cannot play because other players are better like Mane Coutinho Firmino yeah and so on and um, so he's yeah obsolete. Okay, um, just to close off this point, uh, Keith, answer to your question. Uh, he has just played uh, 1,316 minutes of Premier League football since Jurgen Klopp took over as Liverpool manager, which is just 22%, 22% of the possible minutes during this time. Yeah. And so you want a player that we're paying 150,000 uh, pounds a week, giving us 22% return. Yeah. Uh, get rid of him. So, okay. I'm sorry. All right, um, uh, Ryan Kent, Ryan Kent, remember him? Ryan Kent has been crowned Barnsley's Mm -hmm. Player of the Year. Um, uh, And also this other guy, um, Alan Rodriguez, Alan Rodriguez de Souza. um, uh, Will he get a work permit? Yeah, so that's still still, um, um, on, you know, working on. I really would like to see this guy. I haven't seen much of him. Everybody's raving about him. I would really like to see uh, yep. Alan de Sousa Rodriguez uh, play. Uh, why isn't he playing full? Uh, isn't he playing under 21 uh, Brazil Brazilian team now? Um, I'm sure he's in the uh, under 21 or under, uh, 21 Brazilian squad. That should automatically qualify him for a work permit. I'm not sure about that. I thought I thought so. I thought I remember remember reading something like this, but. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Brazil under twenty, under twenty. Yes, yes, yes. So, he so is why isn't he getting a work permit? I've got to ask the Home Office on that. On that <laughs> but he's he's those, he's, those, been, he's been yeah. doing quite well um, at Hertha uh, Hertha Berlin. Is that, is that is that where he is? That's right? yes, yes, he's right. at Berlin. Yeah, yeah, Hertha Berlin. So he's been doing quite well. But Ryan Kent um, plays as a winger, um, and uh, he's done absolutely well for Barnsley being crowned their player of the year. What does the future hold for Kent in a Liverpool shirt? Do you think... Um... How old is Kent? He's 20. 20. 
Okay, where did I read this article that he was 26? If he's 20, he's got, still got a great future ahead. I don't know where it's somebody had written 26. I think it was most probably a typo. But listen, I, I'd like to see what he does preseason again. Mm. Maybe we only need, we don't need Brunt and Williams. Maybe we just need Brunt. Then we've got uh, Ojo, Kent, Woodburn. Another season on loan then? Him, Danny Ward? Hey, I, yeah, well, I suppose it depends Depends what he does pre-season. Does he force his way in, I would like into to it? Throw in that uh, Klopp has, has given an interview to, to, to Marca, the, the Spanish newspaper, five days ago. You know about that? Um, no. No, tell us. No, uh, okay, I will put it on the website later on. Um, I will uh, send you a link. Okay. I'll put a link on the website. And um, he has, uh, between many other things we already knew and uh, all, all other stuff he said, he was quite clear about the youngsters. And, and um, from his remarks, I would, I would um, take that um, he doesn't see the youngsters as um, reliable for the first team stuff next season. But they, he said that they should get some opportunities to play. Right. So he does not count Woodburn or others in for regular first team football. Mm-hmm. So that's how, how I, what I read from that. Well, yeah, well, I think when see. you hmm? when you combine the whole idea that I think Klopp is quite opposed to sending out youngsters on loan unless he thinks that it will benefit them personally. I think more he's a lot more about keeping players at the academy and then maybe have giving them an opportunity in the first team. And then you've also got how many games we're going to have next season. You know, you consider the fact that we're going to have League Cup games at the same time we're going to be playing in the Premier League and the Champions League, you know, stuff like that. I think these players will get their chance in the first team. Obviously, like you said, not in, not maybe in the Premier League, but they will get runs out. So I think it's probably quite likely that we could see Ryan Kent, considering he's had such a good season at Liverpool next season and see him get a couple of chances in the first team. Yeah. Yeah. Cups, early stages. Yeah. Yes. We've, uh, got to, we've got to use the League Cup and the FA Cup as a, a bedding in process for other youngsters. Yeah. I would throw them all in uh, and just concentrate on the CL and the Prem with the with the main squad and just give as many of these youngsters a chance in the League Cup and the and and, and the uh, FA Cup. There's also no, uh, I don't feel like, there's I don't also feel like to see. Yes, sorry Jason. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like to see Klopp but, uh, early in the season when we were winning games 3 or 4 nil or whatever that that the the squad players or the young players get more of a chance then because you know he doesn't tend to make substitutions until 80 minutes and uh, yeah I, I, there's yeah. a bit of a missed opportunity there. That's I agree 100 percent there. Great point. But I've been saying that along. He's got to he to keep everybody happy. You've got to start substituting on the 60 hour mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if we're not breaking somebody down we've got to start substituting on the 60 hour mark to change it around to give those new players coming in at least 30 minutes to make an impact yep. yeah he's not the only one there's also Cameron Cameron uh, Brannigan who's with Fleetwood yeah um, I, I, yeah, and, I, and uh, who was it Eric was saying that, that we were trying to sell him and I, I was surprised because I, th- I thought he was very highly thought of and very highly <laughs> rated and I'm actually surprised if we did try sell him in, in, in January, as Eric suggested. Yeah. So all these guys are... Well, he's, he's 20. Uh, Danny, Danny Ward is around the same age or slightly younger, is it? 19, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, Ryan Kent is 20 um, as well. And 
Yeah, uh, Alan, I think is he's slightly younger, or in around in and, in and around the same age as well. So there's there's all these. Yeah, I think no, I think Susa, I think he's only about uh, eighteen. I think eighteen, eighteen. Okay. Um, some other players will uh, currently on loan will probably go. John Flanagan, I think um, that's that's him done. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Andre Andre Wisdom, that's definitely him. Gone. Uh, Red Bull Red Bull Salzburg wants to want to continue uh, uh, with him on loan, but I think it would be in the interest of the club to to get him off. Selling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They've they've slapped uh, how many million? I just uh, just missed that amount right now. But um, yeah, they just they want to get rid of him. Um, uh, of course, Markovic. We talked about him as well. I I think he's done with. Uh, in no, he's gone. Okay, uh, and then finally, closing up with rumours, some bizarre rumours has been flying around. Cesc Fabregas. Uh, nah. I don't know what. It's already rejected. Absolute yeah, exactly. ridiculous. Yeah. Absolute crap. <laughs> um, apparently, Klopp is very interested in Isco, who's now apparently in secret talks with Manchester City. That one is, could could be true <laughs> with City. Um, I don't think he's, he's going to come to Liverpool. Um, nah. Apparently, Klopp wants to sign Spanish players. How secret are those talks if we are discussing Yeah, exactly. Very secret. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very secret. I think it's all crap. Uh, other names have been linked to us. Of course, um, the big one is Andy Heaton and um, a bit about uh, Virgil van Dijk verbally agreeing to join Liverpool um, if we secure Champions League uh, position. Um, and in this, I mean, a week ago was something about he only wants to play for Pep Guardiola. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't hang your head on that, guys. But um, <laughs> it's always nice to know. Okay, um, Leon Goretzka, that's a, a relatively new name. I don't think we've discussed him on any of the shows. Any thoughts on Leon? One of the biggest German talents. Um, well, he was... Yeah, called that a few years ago and has developed quite well at Schalke. But uh, I have read today that it's quite new that Sportbild, which is uh, yeah quite a famous newspaper here, not always reliable, but sometimes really spot on. They have reported that, that Bayern Munich is closing in on him mm-hmm. and want to get him. And uh, it, yeah, it, it could be quite likely. Okay, uh, two, two, two left. Um, Lacazette, we talked about him a number of times. He has uh, also now just said over the past week that uh, he only wants to go to a Champions League team and a team that plays football, <laughs> not, not long balls, you know, passing movements. That's the kind of uh, type of football that appeals to him. Um, it's interesting that he said that because then it, it shows that, yeah, there could be a move, that he could be making a move in the summer. Uh, from Leon, yes. who who got hammered, <laughs> yeah, who got hammered by Ajax four uh, one. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he entered the game after seventy six minutes, I believe. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, because he had an, an an injury. He was two weeks out with a hamstring problem. Read it in the Guardian. Oh, okay. Makes sense, and I've seen a and I have seen a whole string of uh, messages <laughs> between Vess, uh, uh, Drewster, as well as Eric on uh, on uh, uh, Lacazette. Um, can he do it on a cold Tuesday night at Stoke, though? I'm Tuesday. sure he can. <laughs> I'm sure he can. Tuesday is not Stoke; it's Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> well, not this Tuesday, but that was the wrong date. <laughs> it's the wrong date. 
Okay. I'm uh, sure he can. Yeah, I think so too. Um, okay, the last one is not a rumor. I'm just putting it out there. Sunderland obviously have been relegated. Um, Jermaine Defoe. There's a guy, someone has mentioned him a couple of times on our site as well. Do you think he could have a Zlatan-style impact for Liverpool? He's no. not Zlatan. No. Not at all. He's a very no, good think, player. Well, I think He's he could have a different impact. I mean, more like the kind of come on the last 10 minutes to try and nick a goal, but not, not like Zlatan. I mean, completely different class of player. Yeah, exactly. And Zlatan, uh, even though he has lost pace or uh, due to his age and stuff, he can still be like uh, 10 times better version of Benteke. He's tall, he's strong, he can be a target man if nothing else. And immensely talented target man. <laughs> That's something that Jermaine Defoe can, can, cannot do. I mean, in general, Klopp, Klopp is uh, for the further you go forward up the pitch, um, the younger the, pl uh, the players are. Klopp is after. He wants to to have um, um, relatively young players who are very fast, who are harassing defenders, uh, going after after each ball sometimes, and interchange positions, yeah, from left to wide, and are extremely flexible on that. And uh, at 34 years age. Um, you cannot expect that from a player to sustain that over, over or to maintain that over a whole season. Yeah, it was that is just too perfect. much for <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right, okay, guys. Um, thank you for that uh, for that uh, for that chat. Um, so the captain has now turned on the fasten seatbelt sign, <laughs> and we are approaching for landing. Uh, we don't see any turbulence ahead, but you never know. Uh, Remember to store your carry-on luggage and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Good night. 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 Good night.